Male Lobby Talk Radio, the official podcast of the Mandalorian Mercs. We're a costume organization dedicated to charity efforts around the globe, attending events in Mandalorian armor we've built by hand. Here on the show, we'll keep you up to date with the latest fan community news. Visit our website at www.mandalorianmercs.com. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Keldabi Talk Radio. I am your host, Crow. With me on this episode, we have Tucker. Hello there. Ikari. Hello. And Thaxos. Hi. So, um, we have a fair amount of things to talk about this week. Uh, We will just start off real quick with Merck's news. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a ton, but uh, Thaxos, what do we have? Um... Not really anything. <laughs> All right. Yep. It's been uh, it's been pretty quiet. I guess we didn't. Well, no, sorry. Uh, we didn't talk about the May Fourth Awards uh, last no. month. No, we did not. Um, on the they last happened. Recording. So they happened. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and they're they're not huge because uh, you know COVID. So that's that. <laughs> yeah, that's basically that. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> to everybody who got to... an award, uh, but uh, yeah, have a nice time. The flip side to that award list not being that long is it does look like troops are slowly starting to trickle in for various countries around the world, which is nice to see. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is. That is, yeah, depending on where you're at. I know here in Canada, we're, well, especially where I'm at in Canada, we're completely overloaded with the ICUs, and it's, uh, nah, I can't see trooping happening anytime soon, but uh Good to see people are getting into troop where we're able. Um, there is the other one that I do kind of want to point out is the uh, the recruitment award. This is actually, I think this is one of the newer rewards. It's like, it's we've done it in some like variation before, um, but this year we changed how it how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still had two clans um, grow by more than forty percent um, this year. Uh, Blue Moon Clan down in Kentucky. And uh, uh, Rukakura clan. Um, That's the new Argentine clan that formed uh, beginning of the year, end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and they jumped up 85% in membership. That's incredible. Which is, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Pockets off to you. <laughs> making it happen. Indeed. Especially during these days. Yeah. Like considering that I don't, I don't know what, regulations and such were like down there but um i can't imagine they got out to too many troops to recruit yeah <laughs> oh that is excellent work yeah but uh yeah yeah otherwise it's uh pretty quiet which is to be expected yeah yeah we'll get we're, we're getting there we're getting back into it things are yep. Things are looking better here in the United States. Um, obviously, we're not the center of the Merck's world, but you know, there's a, there's more opportunities starting to open up for things um, here and there. Yeah, and it is looking a little bit better for things like Merck's Con in the fall. Like the uh, mm-hmm. the outlook on those is definitely looking better. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good transition point, actually, because I, I think some people at least have heard by this point. And if you haven't yet, um, conventions, since we're talking MercsCon, the Star Wars celebration has changed date, has changed it, dates. Yes, right. It did. Quite a significant date change as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. 
And not yes. in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, it is and it isn't. For me, it's bad. I won't be able to go. No. <laughs> Dang. It's, uh, it happens on the same weekend as a convention that I've been going to for almost 20 years and can basically go to for free. That is also a very, uh, <laughs> a very significant um, advantage on my end. Yeah. Uh, is that the one that you, you help with? Um, t- yes, I have helped. I have staffed it in the past. Or have um, helped with, rather, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Anime Boston, for those who are curious. Um, New England's biggest anime convention. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I've got a lot of personal history to it, so... For sure. It does. It does trump celebration, um, though. I will miss it, and now I've got to figure out what to do with the uh, the airline points from my uh, my canceled flights oh, yeah. from the celebration last year that was canceled. I was just going to reuse them on the next celebration, but the points are going to expire by the by you know the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three one whenever that happens. So. Oh, do they have a, a a short cutoff on those? That kind of sucks. Well, it's it's for what it is, it's a long cutoff because there mm-hmm. was you know uh, I had to cancel because everything was being canceled last year, right? Um, and the airlines did do um, the general populace a solid and say, all right, normally you have like three months to use these. We're going to give you a year and a half. Okay, that's not <laughs> so like, bad. That's not so bad. Um, I guess my concern would be. <laughs> Where you want to go might not be open by the time those points expire. I mean, like if it if it comes to it, I'll fly to like Philadelphia or something. You know, a yeah. place that I could definitely drive to. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, I'm actually blanking on when the when celebration was previously supposed to happen. Sometime in August, right? Yes. Yeah, I think they yeah. just pretty much put it on the same dates as the canceled dates oh, okay. originally i think they just pushed it back a year just, just for the week yeah weekend um, yeah yeah so it's gonna it's gonna take place may 26th to 29th of 2022 exciting same place different time mm-hmm. yeah so hopefully we're all vaccinated and uh <laughs> most of us can make it even if crow's gonna be uh yeah to attend yeah, you'll just you'll have to go on going without me. Step yeah. over my corpse to a brighter tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always another celebration though, which would be good. Who's, who's yeah. going to run the podcast then? That's who's going to do the live feeds? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we can figure something out. Uh, there's and yeah, like right right there, like volunteer opportunity, uh, my good friends. Um, <laughs> there will be need for. Um, Apparently, I was going to be our videographer, um, oh. so there's there's an open role there. <laughs> yep. I'm sure they'll figure something out. Yeah, um, and for uh, those and, yeah. listening, yeah, for those listening, yeah, there's uh, there's always volunteer opportunities here in the Mercs. Um, always, I do keep thinking back to um, Celebration Chicago, and how at the end of that five day celebration, they announced that you know it was going to be the next year in Anaheim Mm -hmm. and how no one was excited (laughs) (laughs) because everyone was just so tired and it was less than 12 months away. There was there. We didn't get that usual break. That's really just not enough time. It's yeah. And we love the enthusiasm from them, but that's just not enough time. (laughs) No, it's not enough time. And I mean, I'm, I, (laughs) I didn't want it to just straight up get canceled. Like it yeah. did, but 
I, I do remember having that thought of just like, what if they just don't instead? How about, how about yep. that? The only thing I wonder is if perhaps they were trying to push it to like every single year, but vary the locations more. So that way people that were like, ah, yay, Chicago, my neck of the woods, finally. Um, or at least like, it's not the complete opposite side of the country anymore. I was going to um, say, and if it's every year, venues outside of America. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and if they I, do it every like single that. year, it varies the location more, and then maybe there's less people also fighting over the limited tickets. Because mm-hmm. the last, what was it? I think Chicago sold out in what record time? Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. And the hotels were already sold out before that. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what they were <laughs> what they were angling for is making it a more common occurrence. So that way not everyone goes, well, you know what? I don't have to do this year. I can do next year. I did, I did like what they did, though, where they, you know, we had a couple of years where it was America, Europe, America, Europe. Like, that, yeah. was, that was nice. I hope they bring yeah, that back. I think back. Europe was about every third American one. Yeah, it was every... every what was it? They did 2007, mm-hmm. 2012, 2016, wasn't it? Or 2011, 2016. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't every other year or okay. every second year. It was every, every third event then spawned a European variant. That's what it was. Yeah. And that, but it wasn't like they ran two celebrations in the same year. You know, across two continents, they did That's give it. the U.S. a break to give Europe something. And like, I would, I want to go back to that. Like even if yeah. it isn't you know you know flip flopping every other year even if it is at an interval like that, like that was great, and I didn't even get to go to the European ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I would love to. I mean, if there was another celebration. You're always welcome. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Like uh, in all honesty, I wanted to visit Europe for a good long time, um, and yeah, if there's a Star Wars convention there, then what better reason to go? Paris would be ideal. What with the uh, updates that's going on at Disneyland, look, um, oh, yeah. Euro Disney, so that would be a good one. What are they that doing? Would, that, would, that would be nice. Well, heard. they're they're doing the European version of um, Galaxy's Edge, I believe. Ooh, they're certainly oh, okay. doing some updates. Cool. In, it's certainly planned in the pipeline. So, well, that's and good. Yeah, because previously, what previously it was what that's based on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was what uh, just America only, right? Um, Galaxy's Edge. There was no. I don't I know. Paris was planned. All that well. but Paris was not planned to be at a time anywhere close to America. Ah, that's mm. it. Okay. Yeah, so it's good to see that they're expanding it out to other places. I, that, yeah. It's, would be a shame if it was only in America because I know uh, what was it, Nick? You had to travel all the way over to to be able to attend, right? Uh, yes, I I flew over for Mercom one in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Galaxy's Edge was still being built. Yeah. Yep. So yep. We but you at least got to do Disney. Disney well, we, we got to do Disney, so we, we missed out on Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Um, so pre Not by much either, right? No, no, it, it, no, wasn't it wasn't by much. By we, much. We, could, we, we actively had all the boards up that we could see uh, big progress was made even in the two weeks we were there visiting. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID, yeah, we that. had planned to come back for MercsCon 2 to do the Mercs event, but to also then go do Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still haven't made it to Galaxy's Edge either. Same. Yeah, um, I wanna. Living living this <laughs> close, I've never done Disneyland Paris. No, I mean it's so it's actually on a shortlist for honeymoon options once COVID Ooh. is no longer a thing. Nice. Um, so at well, hearing at hearing Galaxy's Edge is getting closer to being a reality. Uh, only 
there's nothing but make it more appealing. Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, I I did a honeymoon at Disney. Can vouch. Um, it was Disney World in Florida. But yeah, can vouch. It's a good time. It's a good plan. Well, that actually was our primary plan in, until again, the current world climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. here at Disney, they're talking Marvel Zone first, then talking Star Wars, and then Frozen. Although they've done some of the Frozen works already, I believe. Is Frozen still a thing? Oh yeah. I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the loop on that. Probably also something to do with the fact that six months out of the year, I can open the door and find Frozen outside. Oh yeah. Yeah, knows what I'm talking about. Definitely in the in the in the play still. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a, a friend trying to get me to play a game called Project Winter. I was like, why? It's outside. I don't need to do this in a video game. <laughs> but I gotta uh, say, down down this way we actually had a weirdly mild winter. It which, was. Which for, for me, I was like, okay, so the winner, the first winter in my life where I have to work from home and I have no reason to leave my driveway <laughs> is the year that I don't have to clear my driveway ever. Right. <laughs> What's up with that? This was the year to get snowed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, we, we had over here uh, up in Canada more snowfall in the late April snowstorm than any other time during the actual winter. <laughs> That's weird. Yep. And we had like, yeah, sorry America, but like 15 above. So like 15 Celsius weather. That's, that's pretty the good The week before the snowstorm. It gave us the most <laughs> snow we ever got. It was so bizarre. Very early start of the spring. Huge dump of snow right in the middle of like, oh, we're almost there. We're almost at the place where it doesn't d- dump snow anymore. Nope, nope. Here it is again. <laughs> I think it's been about three years since I've had to clean my drive, and even then, it would be nothing compared to you. So yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe three, four inches. Yeah, it's it's yeah. actually not too bad here. We're not on the coast where they get a lot of the uh, a lot of the snow driven from like large bodies of water. Yeah, that's my problem. We're right on the coast, so if where it's sort of a balancing act, we you may get the snow just mm-hmm. go by, and we just get a wintry mix and slush and all that sort of stuff that melts. Or we get dumped on, and it's that heavy, good, I mean, it's great snowball and snow fort snow, but mm-hmm. shoveling it is a pain. <laughs> yeah. You've got all that fantastic seafood. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. The seafood here in Maine is fantastic. Like, I know that, the, actually, this, this is something you guys might, like, do you guys have Red Lobster, the restaurant? No. We do not. No. no? Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know, but it's a it's a big seafood chain here in America. Everywhere but Maine. Yeah, we have it here in Canada too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, everywhere that. but Maine. Nice. <laughs> everywhere but Maine. The closest one to us, I think, is um, somewhere in New Jersey, like several several hours drive south. Because there's no point. Like, if you want a lobster, you just find a lobsterman and I was buy it say, off his boat. <laughs> I was going to say, there's probably some uh, some good local businesses that do a better job anyways. So much better. Absolutely better. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a riot how they just don't even get close up here. But yeah. I digress. We're not here to talk about lobster. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could be. We could be. 
We've not done a lobster-themed podcast episode yet. That is true. Today may be that day. Calamari, possibly. <laughs> as long as it doesn't end with crap rave. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not familiar, YouTube. Yep. <laughs> All right, so enough Mercs and uh, Lobster news. Um, was that so, like 50-50 split? Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, <laughs> to, to be <laughs> fair, the thing that ties them together is they're both hard-shelled, so. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> so, well all right. So we do have some Star Wars news, um, yeah. a fair amount. Um what do we want to do first? Do we want to talk about the Excuse Bad Batch me. first, or do we want to talk about all the other stuff first? Uh, let's, let's do all the highlights. Other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The little okay. snippets. Okay. Um, so let's let's talk the uh, let's talk the Mandalorian then. We'll we'll start mm -hmm. with with the the best thing to happen to this club in yeah. its existence. Um, Mandalorian season three has been delayed a little bit. Um, because they're busy uh, filming Book of Boba Fett, which yep. is really not the worst thing. Can't well, they did, that, announce, can they did mm. announce from the start that it wouldn't be filmed until after the Book of Boba Fett. So yeah. it, it depends whether it's the re-clarifying, yes, it's still on course because this is still the plan, mm -hmm. or whether it's, no, Boba Fett is taking longer to film than planned, I think therefore it's, the it's pushed back. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's the latter due, due to COVID. Well, and just yeah, we don't know. I mean, I imagine they're they're using a very similar setup to the Mandalorian with the uh, the vision and all that sort of stuff. Um, They've got to consider that they're also using the volume for um, yep. Kenobi as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's other there's other series now that they're trying to link in on the same technology, potentially yep. in the same place. Yeah, I can't imagine they have a bunch of. Uh, do they still just have the one volume? I I can't imagine that they've there's, there's replicated got to be more that at being scale produced. yet. Yeah, um, I, I've I seen. They're producing. Sorry, I was going to say I saw advertised that potentially, or even it may be confirmed at this point. Um, Thor is it uh, Love and Thunder that's currently being filmed in Australia? Something like that. Yeah, I believe um, so. Yes. I can't remember if it's if it's Thor or whether it's the late. I think actually, sorry, it may be the latest Guardians of the Galaxy to be filmed. Um, is planning on heavily using that technology. It's because of, it's because of Chris Hemsworth being in both. That's where my mind has linked the two projects. But yes, I actually believe it's the <laughs> right. Guardian Guardians Three is is reportedly going to heavily use that technology. Yeah, I've seen Love and Thunder was the same. Yeah, that's so, the, and the next Thor project. Yeah, and that would so make they, sense. They must, be, for... they must be building more of them. I can see it being just a new mm. industry standard. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I they, believe they've proven how useful it is, and yeah. just I've... how how much it speeds things up, which is so big in producing a TV show. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, what is it? WrestleMania? No, Quantum Mania. <laughs> 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 we'll be using the the uh, the volume and Stagecraft 2.0 as well this summer. I think they're starting end of June, so next month. Um, I have also seen though. There's a there's another studio that's got their own digital backdrop now. So it looks like that technology is going to expand outwards. So hopefully, in the next couple of years, they'll be less reliant on one location and, and yeah. a little easier for everybody to do. 
it'll definitely, definitely up the production value of a lot of uh, a lot of new things. Mm. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, when yeah, do we get one for the Merck's booth? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, imagine. Well, that's that's the that's the way these things work. Like, I could we, I could potentially going back to celebration. I could potentially see them bringing like a mini version, so you could get photos on like a planet. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd absolutely. Be really cool. That'd be super cool. <laughs> Celebration 25, the Mercs will have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We'll you need a bigger like, tech budget. <laughs> like like 15 years from now, we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. It, it really would be. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic has been either canceled or placed on the back burner. No longer in active development, I believe, is the is the correct phrasing that's coming yeah. out. So yeah, it's been canned. Yeah, I think while we were warming up before the the podcast started recording, though, we were talking a little bit about what they could potentially do with it instead. Oh yeah, and uh, like I mentioned, that I would absolutely um, love to see just the two X wing pilots that have been featured in the uh, in the Mandalorian so far. Um, and I'm I'm so bad with names. I'm always blanking oh, Paul, on, on um, these names. Yeah, Sun, Sun Hun Lee. Is that uh, him? Y- yes, yeah, Paul Sun Hun Lee. Yeah. Um, uh, popularly of Kim's Convenience and Dave Filoni. Um, like I would love it if there was just a show about the two of them flying around. You know, trying <laughs> trying to be uh, new report New Republic law enforcement. Um, That'd be such a good buddy cop series. <laughs> like I just, I think the primary um, obstacle there would be getting Filoni in front of the camera for more than five minutes at a time. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but if he, I mean, I feel like he could still, he could probably still cameo and like get a promotion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in 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 the realm of the things, and then it's uh, it's Paul's character and yeah. the new rookie that he gets stuck with or something like that. Oh would that, yeah, cool. that would that would be great. And then you're you're just set for buddy cop. I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch I, I, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would watch the crap out of that. That yeah. is like I mean already like he's the I don't I don't remember his care his character's name because it's never actually mentioned on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Paul's character for the two episodes he's been in The Mandalorian. Ah, here we go. Captain Carson Teva. Like he was great in the the four shots that he was in. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've I've been trying to rack my brain because at the discussion of a, of a buddy cop movie. A really outlandish idea would be a canine equivalent buddy cop movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, like a like a Turner and Hooch in space. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got to the try problem, and work out Star Wars is, Yeah. Is it, it would practically be sentient canine. I yeah. mean, Bothans totally good with all the species. Be, yeah, Bothans are supposed to be canine esque, right? Oh, it'd be to so cool degree. to get another. Uh, it'd be good to get another like main character that's not human. Yeah, I know it costs what a lot more. <laughs> it it but does. It would be cool. But it's been worth it every time. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you had an alien creature and uh, Paul Sun Hyung Lee as mm-hmm. the two main characters, and then Dave Filoni is just like the occasional cameo, I think I, I would watch that. That would work. I think that'd that would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be I'll great. Be frank, at this point, I will watch anything that is, <laughs> that is produced and released on Disney Plus because everything so far has been at a quality level that hasn't disappointed. It's true. Yeah. The production value is huge. Yeah, yeah I, they're, I'm, they're... I may not understand everything. My my broader Star Wars knowledge may not be there with everyone else, but the the quality and the production that I take away from it, I enjoy the content being released. So yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their their Marvel projects have been keeping pace, so it's not. Uh, they're they're uh, definitely devoting so. significant time and effort to the to making it right, to making it good. It's not just okay. Well, we're we're gonna put out a show about uh, about Falcon and Bucky's gonna be in it, and it'll just fill some space between the next movie. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, they're doing the same with with Star Wars. Like, we'll get to the Bad Batch in a minute, but like, I was looking at the Bad Batch, you know, when it first came out. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it, but am I gonna like it? Yeah, we'll see. Mm. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yes, I look, I look forward to getting into that with you. Yeah, it's 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 almost as if they've taken the Star Wars universe that we know and we love, and they've said, right, what happened in the sequel trilogy? We're going to forget that, and we're going to work on everything in between, and actually flesh out the storylines of what's happening. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and that's a lot of what's been missed in the movies because they just haven't had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the right time and the right format to do it in. Well, and the movies have always been about expanding the universe. Yeah. Like, very, very, like, with the exception of, I would argue, um, Revenge of the Sith, they're, they're always about building the the universe out. Revenge of the Sith, they had to do, it's like, okay, well, how do, yeah, how do we get Darth Vader? Yeah, yeah, they had to. Um, sort of the same with Solo. Solo did a lot of expanding, but Solo was also like, okay, but really, how did we get Han Solo? Oh, um, I would love nothing more than a sequel to Solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I would even even go so far as to say, transfer it to Disney Plus and make it a series. If you well, this is where Lando's If you don't think the support is there for a film. Well, maybe Lando's going to pick that up. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, yeah. and I mean... I'm definitely not going to say no to more Lando, obviously. <laughs> but absolutely. That's but yeah, not but shows have flat, have swishy capes anymore. I, I know it's a it's a lost art. It really is. <laughs> no capes. It's, 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 it's about how aware Vader was of his own presence mm. when you have. The scene where he is standing on the top of his own TIE fighter, piloting it through the force in the vacuum of space, making his own cape billow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's see. speaking of capes, uh, Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Cape. Nope. Doesn't billow a ton, but it's there. It's it true. is. It is. You're right. I was so glad to see that he got a cape. 
Uh, <laughs> see, that's like what what I love about the way that Star Wars does these things is like there are only two types of people who wear capes. It is either heroes, you know, mostly Lando, um, and villains. Like there is no one nowhere in between. Like if you're like an anti-hero or you know or just a side character, no, 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 no capes. No, no. We, we save <laughs> we save those for the important people. <laughs> yeah. And Lando still has most of the capes. <laughs> Lando just—that's what the Falcon was, wasn't it? It's just his cape storage. I—that was one of my favorite parts of Solo. It's like such an easy scene to miss, and it does sort of <laughs> does sort of turn into a into a little love scene for for a brief moment. But yeah, like when they come across Lando's <laughs> Lando's closet, <laughs> and Han's like, "It is just all capes." <laughs> it's going to be the first episode of Lando, what, Lando when they actually get to it. <laughs> it's just yeah. going to be him, him visiting his tailor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd uh, watch I, it. I want to see how he got his first cape. Ooh, yeah. What what's, was that what, moment? Yeah. Ooh, what's What's the story yeah. that led to getting that first cape that went? Yes, this is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, did he have to like wear a disguise? And when you know, after after it was done, he was just like, you know what? No, no, I'm not putting this one back. <laughs> Alrighty, and with the rest of that news out of the way, I believe it's time for us to to talk about the big subject for this episode, the Bad Batch. Um, I'll just say, sort of as a blanket statement, so far I've enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say as a blanket statement, if you haven't watched the first five episodes, which is how far we've seen at the time of the recording, hit pause and go watch them. Yeah, Otherwise, you're good to go. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the last podcast, I believe, in my absence, you all made some predictions. Yes. About what to expect, because you recorded the last episode just before the premiere. Absolutely. Would you like to start by digging into... What we got wrong? <laughs> sure, you can put it that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the biggest thing we got wrong. Um, we all made the prediction that um, we made a lot of predictions around Omega, um, who we at the time did not know her name. Um, also, the fact that we did not know that she was a she. Uh, we were definitely pegging as oh yeah no that's that's definitely a Palpatine clone. Look at the hair; it's got that windswept sheave hairstyle um yep. with the, the sheave the, the sheave <laughs> um and we're just like oh yeah that's like blonde history of clones of palpatine clones yeah definitely a palpatine clone definitely a boy uh first episode first words out of her mouth nope that is a young lady yep. <laughs> 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 um now the character of omega clearly has some is this pivotal to the series um something very important about omega that as of episode five we do not know yet yeah but they've hinted at it several oh, yeah. times over yeah <laughs> but we're i'm pretty sure now that she's not a palpatine clone <laughs> so before we get too far into predicting where we think omega is shall we rein it back in and go back from the start and let's go somewhat episode by episode 
Yes. I'm going to kick things yeah. off with saying I very much enjoyed and appreciated that opening episode in mm-hmm. setting up exactly where Order 66 was in the order of events. Oh, very much so. Absolutely. Yes. It's yeah, because great way to get the audience caught up on what's been going on, or for people that are new to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 a very definitive point in time in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. ambiguity of oh, which what what B, what number BC are they, or sorry, BPC or where Maybe where why? are they exactly? It's just <laughs> but it, it's but just it also gives sixty six. Oh yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, I know where I am now. It gives us the immediate link as well between the end of the Clone Wars and the beginning of the Bad Batch, as yep. in the series as well. So it's it's it gives us the link there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I- you could you could go from you know the last episode of the Bad Batch arc of season seven of mm-hmm. the Clone Wars to this episode and get yourself caught up right away. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, the the the, the feet, keeping the track and the flow. Essentially, it comes from. I mean, thinking about the timeline of where it is. Actually, it's sort of episode, not quite the last episode of Clone Wars. It's mm. when um, Ahsoka's taking on Maul is about the sort of the segue timeline. Yeah. Looking at it, but hey, we're here to talk about Bad Batch. Well, the biggest link to Order sixty six, though, is that we bring in that cameo from Star Wars Rebels. Yes, Um, what a cameo it was! I'll I'll admit, I missed it at the initial point, and it's only as the episode went on, and it started unraveling, I finally made the link on who that who that was. Okay. Yeah, for me it was it was the voice. Um, like we see the character of Caleb Dune mm-hmm. and his master master uh, Deva Balaba, um, right as Order sixty six happens. So we get that pivotal moment from Caleb's life, mm-hmm. where he's suddenly now on the run and he will eventually become Kane and Jarrus of Rebels fame. And it shows was, that distrust of the clones that we find when he first meets. Oh yeah. Rex. So yeah, yeah, it's got that great tie-in. Tie in. Yeah, this is like no, this is it. This is that traumatic moment. Mm. Here it is, <laughs> and but I yeah, I saw it. I'm like, okay, so there's a Padawan and a Jedi. Order sixty six is going to happen. Okay, great. And then the Padawan starts talking when he shows up with the Bad Batch as reinforcements. And I'm like, that's that's Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to- it totally is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it took a moment for me. For it to click as well but once it sinks in it's like oh this is such a great such a great way to to uh to bridge things together yeah mm-hmm. and yeah we got such a nice defining moment for the caleb character and it was a big defining moment for the bad batch because it's it shows right off the bat that they don't quite get what order 66 was like they all heard the order Mm-hmm. But they were just like, when, well, what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, differing degrees of understanding of Order 66, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. obviously you've got yep. tech. Um, well, Echo's, we, we know he's already had the surgery. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so tech, Hunter, and uh, Wrecker just mm-hmm. goes over them completely. Yeah, just nope. 
like yeah text yeah. just like yeah yeah everybody's getting it i don't see yeah. a big deal <laughs> yeah, what is it yeah um but, but even, then crosshair goes like is like nope nope we got i got problems with this right off mm-hmm. the bat right from the word go yeah i mean looking back at the bad batch poster too i mean you can kind of they, i guess they kind of hinted at it a little bit maybe unintentionally maybe not intentionally um because his body language is completely different than the rest of them right on the poster he's he's got his arms crossed and he doesn't look happy at all whereas the others seem to be more stoic or or positive well i mean he's, he's never the, the body language in the episode mm. Mm-hmm. He's, he has a completely different persona. He's got a completely different mentality. He is, he is the one on the outside. He is the one in that sniper perch. Yeah. At first, I was kind of like, "Well, that's just this is this is the character. Like he's always yeah. the the dry assassin edge lord, if you will." <laughs> but we find out very shortly within the next part of the episode, it's like, "Okay, well, maybe that's not just him. Mm. Maybe." Maybe it's yeah. not all. Maybe it's not all that sniper's detachment. Maybe this is the chip. Yeah, yeah. Different degrees of uh, chip augmentation, given their uh, given their unique um, changes from the standard clones. Yeah, yeah. Because like Wrecker, he gets the order and he's just like, I don't understand it. I don't care. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. what's the next? What's the next <laughs> thing I'm gonna smash? And yeah. it's just like, okay, yep, that checks out. Yeah. Which <laughs> uh, the tanks was pretty amusing. Yes. To watch. <laughs> yes. I will say before we get too much further, um, one of the things that I laugh at every time when I see the end credits of the show is uh, supreme credit to uh, voice actor D. Bradley Baker, um, who yes. has done fantastic work all oh, from yeah. throughout all of these animated series. Absolutely. Um, um, but at the end of each episode, it says D. Bradley Baker as the Bad Batch. Like, yeah. not even <laughs> not even credited individually. <laughs> it's just and like, as them. All of them. <laughs> I, yeah. didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that watching the credits. It was, it was pointed out to me explicitly afterwards. <laughs> yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, that's yes, that is true." <laughs> when you go back to uh, the Clone Wars, there are really two main voice actors: D. Bradley Baker for all of the clones, and in this case, the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And then they also brought back in Matthew Wood, yep. who voiced all of the battle droids. So he was the yep. voice of um, uh, Grievous. Grievous. He was also the voice of the of the battle droids. So right. Uh, right at the get-go you had the immediate link there mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah complete crossover a total crossover yeah oh, and they've got uh matthew wood back again as the battle droids too which is yes excellent. yeah mm-hmm. very glad they still have tom kane as the narrator such an iconic voice there. <laughs> it's it's yeah, true so it, it feels I'm, like I'm home glad. The, moment the episode starts yeah like i'm i'm glad that they did stop doing that though i'm glad that they did the crossover with tom kane's newsreel yeah. narration like 40s mm-hmm. like yes a disaster in the clones and like it just goes right off the beginning and that's fantastic yeah. but i'm glad that they not every used, episode anymore yeah, yeah it's just yeah. a one-off they're like okay the clone wars was this but now we're doing something different yeah, yeah. these guys are it's a nice these, it's yet again one of those nice tie-ins yeah, yeah it's the yeah. tie-in and then they segue from there yeah. yeah. 
because yeah. it's just like no, these guys aren't newsreel material. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense for them to have newsreels? They're on the run. Oh yeah, then yeah, yeah, it's just another another nice little note that says no, this is something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what these what these guys are going through. This is this is something else. And let's see. So what else happens? So they don't kill the Jedi. They actually they let um, Caleb go. Yep. Right after Order sixty six, and that begins the schism in the squad. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the squad either doesn't care <laughs> that yeah. they let the that they let uh, Caleb go. Um, Hunter is actively like, no, it was the right thing to let him go. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I believe Echo also feels that way. Yep. But then, then there's um, Crosshair, who is just like, you disobeyed orders. This is not what good soldiers do. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back we, into the... Was it Crosshair who went, went into the chant that we had from Clone Wars again, where it's um, uh, good soldiers follow orders. Good mm-hmm. soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is the inhibitor chip kicking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, then they head back to Camino. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, they head back to Camino. We meet Omega, Omega. <laughs> yeah, which it's just an accent. It's yep. just an accent. The actress is from New Zealand. <laughs> yep. As are a lot of actors from Star Wars at this point. Yeah, um, and they get sent on. They meet Tarkin, of all people. And Tarkin wants to shut down the entire clone project and move over to either conscripted or volunteer soldiers. Yeah, very quickly new. sets the tone of the new Galactic oh, Empire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and that 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 uh, training session that absolutely showed that where he went yep. straight into the live fire exercise. And the Kaminoans, which never really having the the clones' best interests at heart, even them, even they're like, you know, what, maybe, maybe that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't do that. And yeah. we get um, sort of a, we get new Imperial battle droids, and they're sort of a a crossover between like the super battle droids, and they look a little bit. Little dark like the, like the dark troopers that we yeah. get to see was like years nod. later. Yeah, there was the nod to the dark troopers, wasn't there? Yeah, the that was a nice that. touch. Very nice. Again, a lot of lot of bridging in that first episode to really mm. cement where we are and how things all tie into each other. And we're not even and done yet. There's still more characters no. showing up. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so much more um, because immediately after the clones persevere. Um, and make it through the live fire exercise and show Tarkin. It's just like, no, maybe, maybe keep some clones. Maybe keep some clones. They might be worth it. Um, he says, nope, one more test. And he sends them to go kill a bunch of rebels because now they're rebels mm-hmm. and they're not separatists anymore. They're yep. rebels now. Um, and the, uh, the clones come upon... Uh, well, they're sent off to Wanderer, aren't they? So yep. Yep. we can all we can all guess as to who's coming up next. Yep. And it's clearly a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they run into a bunch of refugees, uh, families. Children. Ref- yeah. yeah, refugee families. There are some people with blasters, one of them being 
the uh, as yet unmutilated Saw Gerrera. Which I thought was a, a brilliant way to start bringing in characters we we know without making them a focal point of any given show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it gives us the tie-in across the Disney era environment, the universe. So it pulls in, obviously, our, our Rogue One. It pulls in from Clone Wars. It pulls in from Rebels. Just ties it all together. And this is where we also run into the the final big schism within the squad. Naturally, the clones' orders is wipe out the rebels. Um, but when they see that it's refugees and families and they have a nice... They're captured <laughs> and they have a nice heart-to-heart with Saw Gerrera, yep. um, Hunter calls it off. Um, and they're like, no, we didn't run into separatists and battle droids. We ran into families. This is not our mission. Yeah. But Crosshair says it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then they go back to Camino. Yeah. And then things really <laughs> pop off. <laughs> yeah. They go back to Camino and the Bad Batch realizes that this is pretty much the end of the line for the clones. Um and on top of that, they find out that Omega is a clone. Um, yep. and is not only just a clone, but is a special, a specially engineered clone like themselves somehow. Um, we don't know the, how. We I think don't the, know the line was something to the effect of, uh, the commandos never make mistakes, so there must be a purpose. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of the, the commandos and how they speak, I, I loved how, when specifying about these modified clones, the... They weren't lying, but they were allowing Tarkin to come to his own incorrect conclusions about who were the modified clones. Yes. Yes, yes. they only mentioned the number, didn't they? The five yeah, modified the, clones. Yep, and Tarkin being Tarkin is like, oh, well, it's clearly these five clones standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Echo is not a modified clone. Not, he is well, not. not that way, anyway. And so... The most of the Bad Batch, with the exception of Crosshair. Uh, Crosshair, they escape with Omega. They leave Camino and strike off into the into the Bulls open galaxy all on their own. Um, After a short pitch battle with Crosshair in the yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, him turning on his on his squad because he feels like they turned on on him and the Empire. Mm-hmm. And well, there was there was a there's a bit of surgery involved. Yeah. Yeah, they sort of reinforced I forget it's a little unclear. Did they like reinforce the chip or did they just find that his chip works exactly as intended? I think no, they, they reinforced it. Yeah, they, they cranked up the power. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not sure exactly how, Star Wars tech and whatnot, yep. but they just they, they put the dial up to eleven. Okay. So yep. now he is a hyper loyal killing machine <laughs> yeah. where it only where it only kind of took place and, and lodged in his brain of he's like well i've always felt this way and uh good soldier follows orders now it's just like there is no questioning there's no even like an inkling of maybe maybe my uh commanding yeah. officer's right he this does not care what hunter has to say yeah 
His orders are absolute at this point. Yep. Yeah, there's no gray line. It's absolute. It's black and white. Yep. yep. To the point where as the... I think this all still happens in the first episode. Do we get oh, yeah. Crosshair's episode-like mission in the first episode as well? Nope. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's, that's episode three. That's episode okay. three, yeah. Okay, yep. okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, yeah, that's this is kind of where they start to diverge at different plot lines. So yeah, this essentially at the, we're, we're at the end of episode one where we've got the the rest of the batch excluding Crosshair um, yeah. that have extricated yeah. themselves from Camino with with Omega. Yep, and that's where it cuts. Yep, with and with a, with with a clue with a snippet as to where they might be headed. Yep, with the yeah, mention that, of Yeah, so aptly titled first episode was Aftermath. And then, of course, episode two is cut and run, which follows suit with making making sense as to what it's about. Yep. Also gives yeah. away that the cut and run was quite an interesting title. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that until the episode came up, but I had a guess when they mentioned Seleucami as to who we might be visiting. That's, um, yep. And they go and visit a character I had honestly forgotten about. Um they visit the first clone deserter yep. that we saw during the Clone Wars, um, yep. the clone trooper Cut, who goes off and starts a farm and raises a family, and it's just like proves that they have their own free will. Now, one yep. thing that I've found interesting with the Cut character is, as far as he knows, as far as we all know, he still has the chip. Yeah, mm-hmm. as far as we're aware. But he wouldn't um, have received the order because he was essentially deemed gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, from what I understand is is effectively like the the, the chip in the brain has the orders pre-programmed, but they still have to be commanded the order in order for it to kick in. Yes. Yep. So because he was out of comms, you know, yeah. off on his own, he wouldn't have heard it. So we meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mostly, yeah, mostly because like he was the only. How the Bad Batch knows about Cut? I, they never, they don't really establish. There, there seems to be some link with Rex and things because they asked about Rex when they yeah. met Cut. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it was implied that Echo, quite possibly, knew, uh, was the tie-in uh, there that the Bad Batch didn't really know Cut, but Echo knew Cut. Okay, yeah, I that, could be wrong that on that, out. but. I believe I'm that. Not sure because it was because um, it was Hunter at the end of episode one who said we're going to visit a friend on Salukami. Oh, never mind then. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, because they because they they certainly know the kids as if they've met them before because the kids refer to Wrecker as Uncle Wrecker. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So at some point, at some point, they've met this family. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just at some point, yeah, they would yeah. have run into the family at the Bad Batch then. Yeah, but there's no, yeah, there's no specific moment or anything like that. But no, they do, they, yeah, yeah, they do mention um, that Rex had come and gone, mm-hmm. uh, like a week before the Bad Batch shows up. Mm-hmm. Very interesting to to hear about that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of shows the. I don't. I don't think I would be surprised if we see Rex in the show. In all honesty, I would be really surprised. Um, yeah, I hope I think we that get was maybe. A, that was a nice little like. This is what Rex is up to. Clearly, Rex made it out of Order sixty six. We know that because he's in Rebels. Yeah, but, maybe some like, some breadcrumbs here and there in Bad Batch to just kind of continue to to tie everything in. 
Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed that will then tie in when we when we uh, hear more about the Ahsoka series. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I love Rex, but one of the things that I really like about this show is that it is expanding on other characters, other clones. Mm-hmm. Like, because yep. the Clone Wars showed that these guys, I mean, they're all the same genetically, but they're all individuals. Yep. Yeah. And, and speaking of that individuality, I, I think this is the episode that really starts to show tech and what I'm going to refer to as his sense of humor that I don't think is intended as humor. For example, <laughs> where they're talking about the chips and um, the, the implants and the order and, and tech almost is like a matter of fact, just talks about, yeah, we've, we've all got one. Didn't, didn't you know? Surely, yeah. this, surely this is simple things that everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. His very yeah. dry matter of fact statements. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's humor for the audience, not for, uh, Yes. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, everyone else is exasperated, and they're just like, wait, why didn't you say this before? And, yeah, he says, (laughs) yeah, it's like, you didn't ask, and I thought you already knew. Yeah. Why didn't didn't you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so this this episode overall, like, I I didn't mind it. Um, I did feel a little fillery, but it also just feels like a bridging tool, right? It it, it bridges, but it does... It establishes... Yeah, it establishes yeah. some of the tech that we're seeing and everything else. Because when, obviously, in The Mandalorian, when Boba gets his armor back, yep. he shows us his chain code. Yep, we got the it's chain really, codes involved. Yeah, it's the really whole... the first major discussion of the chain codes, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, and then the and then the, the change of the change of currency too, which will pose a problem for for the Bad yes. Batch. And where I was really hoping we'd get a throwback to Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and get the whole Republic credits will do fine. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe in a future episode maybe. see I, I found, I, found it interesting you talk about it being a filler episode I, I, as Takur said there were a number of items here that I found interesting to watch an, an interesting plotline especially with all the shenanigans in the port yeah maybe maybe filler was not yeah. quite the right word I think I meant more more so bridging but like yeah, uh, we just got some me. some fleshing out of previously established yeah. things it's, yeah, it's, it's what episode... we'll come on to next with episode three for me was was the weak slash filler episode of the five we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, but like, yeah, because this one, it not a lot happens. Like in, in yeah, that's essence, that's in where essence, I was getting. They at. they land, they they meet with Cut, and they're like, okay, Cut, you need to get off this planet just as much as we do. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we can't take you in our fully functioning ship. Which has loads of room, <laughs> so uh, they decide. So they decide to. It's it's a problem I have. Yeah. They they have a ship and they don't use it for this exact thing. So instead, they manage to do some shenanigans in the market, including selling Echo off as a droid. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty no. funny. Was was that, like, that episode? No, that yeah. wasn't that episode. That's much what? later. Oh, no, no, that was the next episode. episode four. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm getting my market shenanigans confused. Yeah, that's all right. Um, we'll let you off. We'll let you off. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it seems to be a theme now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, but yeah, they they go through some shenanigans. They get fake chain codes made for yep. the family and Omega mm-hmm. um, because the the bad batch is like she's not safe with us. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. irresponsible of us. We can't raise a kid. Well, so and, they're like, yeah. So they're like, here, here's a family with a guy we trust. This is yeah. a good place for you. 
And it was they yeah. they went about it in a in a good way too, right? Like Omega's enjoying spending time with the the kids of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Omega gets in a bit of trouble as well. The Bad Batch, you know, get all worried that you know they weren't, you know, their focus, their priority wasn't on on protecting Omega, which makes them question, you know, maybe maybe she'd be better off with Cut. Yep. And um, they try to leave yep. her with Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take. <laughs> nope. No, nope, it doesn't. Um, which ends up being fine because I think. Oh, so I've been joking about this as I watch it. I think Omega's specially engineered clone ability is that she's small. <laughs> it has <laughs> come in handy. It's come in handy so many times. The fact that she is physically smaller than these fully grown clones. Yeah. Um, because where everybody else has like super strength or amazing tracking ability or is just smart, like they Omega's whatever special hasn't appeared yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this episode hasn't appeared yet. So we get to we get to another big firefight in the uh, <laughs> trying to blast their way out of a second hangar mm-hmm. for the second time in two episodes. Yep. And the and they end up getting saved and uh, partially, but like Echo saves them, they save Echo, and away they go. The family, Cut's family, manages to to leave and go off for parts unknown, safe and sound as well. Yep. Yeah. Then we uh... and I, and I think it's when we get to this part of episode two, where we're a few episodes in at this point, and I genuinely started getting the fear of how is this storyline going to start differentiating itself from the Mando and the child? Yeah. Yes. The babysitter trope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was genuinely starting to get concerned at this point, especially, especially with the episode three, not giving me much confidence in mm-hmm. sorry, confidence is the wrong word there. Much Reassurance? fulfillment. Ah, yeah. 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 I would yeah agree. Episode three was, I think the one that, didn't jive with me all that much. But, it, it's uh, certainly the weaker of the five that we've seen so far. Yeah, so let's let's get. We can, I'll do a, a quick summary of, of yeah. episode three. Um, so they end up Weird. stranded on a moon uh, after their ship was damaged on Sulukamai. Uh and what and it's uh, what's it called an Ordo Moon Dragon steals yep. a part of their ship. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, Hunter and Omega go to try and get it. Hunter gets knocked out, and then Omega does her thing and and yep. saves the day. Yep, because she's small. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh and then of course we cut to the to the other half where we're dealing with uh with crosshair. So on that first part, that was I think the thing that that didn't quite sit with me all that great is um you know bad batch are supposed to be like we get the job done, we're always we always succeed. And then you've got hunter that gets uh knocked out by one critter pretty easily. And then omega is just whoop in to save the day. Yep. It didn't feel as realistic. No, no. But, I mean, it, Omega doesn't have the full clone training as far as we're aware. Mm-hmm. So actually having more empathy enabled her to actually retrieve the item at the end. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Yep. Space I mean, Dog just wanted to play Space Fetch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. It just like, feels a little... A little trope but yeah that's the part where i kind of try to remind myself this is yeah. a kid's show you know that yeah. they've yeah 
as we saw with the Clone Wars and with Rebels, they start off with a younger target audience and then the mm-hmm. audience grows with the show. And so the show grows in maturity as well as far as the sort of, uh, you know, things it covers and, and how severe and, and like mature it, it gets. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have a feeling it's going to be the same way, but it, uh, you know, what is it? Three shows in now? I, I don't yeah. count uh, what that that other one with the sky racing. <laughs> I didn't end up more than like I think I watched three episodes and I just couldn't stay involved in I that one. You were resistant to resistance. That's the one. Yeah, that's what yep. it's called. Yeah, resistance, but, different camp. But yeah, it, I think for me it's just like all right, this is the third series now that they've gone back to targeting more a younger audience, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't uh, it doesn't capture my attention quite as much. So, but, but I think say... the other half of this episode. Yeah. That did that did the contrast between clones and conscripted? Yeah, that part was good. That part was, it, really it was solid. good, especially it, because like they go and they complete the job that they couldn't do the first time, to the point where like Crosshair shows just how ruthless he's become. Yeah, with say, the uh, with the amped up chip. Yeah, because you've got the one recruit if you like the one um volunteer who seems to be the one who's pushing and will be the most compliant to the um imperial to the empire um to their their uh, particular ways and he's the one who actually stands up and says no this is wrong yeah mm-hmm. and that crosshair just says follow orders yeah and just just yeah Sorry, Hikari? I said the power of a good recruitment poster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, is this the is this the episode where we start to see um Wrecker acting like he's having headaches, or is that the next episode? No, this this that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah, they start a they restart a recurring theme that hasn't played out yet but yeah wrecker like usually on the ship at some point just acts like he has a headache someone asks him if he's okay and he's like yeah it's fine it's fine i'm fine yeah um when we all know it's definitely the chip (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely the chip but we don't know why we don't know if that's if the chip is failing and or is it because he's taken so many smacks to the head that it's actually starting to kick in and work yeah, it's hard because I mean he gets knocked in the head at least once an episode. Oh, at minimum. At at least, yeah. Mm. <laughs> See, I didn't read as much into the chip being a, a situation as it was just the fact that he's getting knocked in the head all the time. I mean it, and yeah, that that is a third option. Like as genetically engineered and perfected as he is, dude's probably just made of concussions at yep. this point. Yeah, like <laughs> it's amazing he has any gray matter left. Well, and and I think that might be more so what they're kind of hinting at is that now that they've aged up through the the Clone Wars, right? We're gonna at some point we're gonna start seeing the the effects of of the accelerated aging, and maybe with Wrecker because he grew even bigger than the rest, maybe there was more acceleration in him and he might age faster. Maybe I will say that is one thing I've had an issue with the clones and the current um, like canon. Uh, going back to the Karen Travis in the uh, the Republic Commando novels attempted to remedy that situation. Absolutely. Um, 
and I think it went just fine. Um, but in the current one, especially now that they've more or less said that the old man on Endor, the old commando, is Rex. Yeah. Like, how? Mm. <laughs> like, at this point. Because if he is, you know, we've talked on this show before about how he's older, he looks older than he should be, which checks out with the accelerated aging that all the clones have. Yep. Like, how is he even still walking? let alone going on a commando mission to save the rebellion. <laughs> but then how good are the Caminos at their job? It's it's pretty good. They're pretty they've, good. And this is what I mean. Can can they tailor the accelerated growth in such a way that it's accelerated child and teenage growth? And then halts. Yeah, that's Because perfect. can you imagine in the imperialist view, republic view, the republic view, Paying for a product that you want quickly to find mm-hmm. that it expires quickly because of that same reason. Yeah, there's there's no business sense in it, is there? No, well, from there the is, customer. there is, and there isn't. Yeah. Because, yeah, from the customer point of view, no. But from mm-hmm. the point of view of the person supplying this planned obsolescence product, oh, yes. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from the customer point of view, that's... Uh, that's... So, yeah. if we look at, um, yeah, I think we did the math on it before, but effectively, like, Return of the Jedi is four years after A New Hope. Mm-hmm. The Clone Wars begins 22 years before A New Hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Battle of Yavin, yeah. right? Um, and I think, effectively, they just doubled the speed. Right? So, yeah, so we, we reckoned yeah. he was so, going to be sort of in his 40s 50s he would he would be around 44 regular human age 44 yeah regular human age but accelerated aging probably 64 yeah and then that puts him up towards 68 70 uh at the time of return of the jedi yeah i think 72 which also means like He's really fit for an old 72 year old. <laughs> he is. And, and this is the show's going to rise. Yeah. But they're also clones made for war. So, of exactly. course, they'd be uh-huh. better. Yeah. His, his genetics are literally for this. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I think it holds about true. Because, after all, right, 22 BBY, when the Clone Wars starts, you've also still got and 10 years prior to that when they first started cranking the clones out in the beginning because yeah, you need those that 10 those 10 years of training. That's it. That's the accelerated growth, though, isn't it? That, yeah, that, that ten years, point. real years, in twenty yeah. years, and clone years. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think it operates effectively on just a straight up every years two for them, right? Ten years becomes twenty. Twenty two years between Clone Wars and A New Hope is forty four years, putting him at sixty four at the start of New Hope, which means he's seventy two at the end of Return of the Jedi, or maybe seventy somewhere in there. I think it tracks about they just accelerate twice as fast as everybody else. Mm. So someone that gets a ton of concussions twice <laughs> as, and, ha- and you know age up twice as fast and you suffer it of probably twice as quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean concussions for regular pe- regular us you know earth earthlings are uh, no joke either. So uh, no, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see if it's the we'll chip see. or if it's concussions or or what. Yeah, there's, there's 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 a few more episodes to pan out on that one. 
Yeah, yeah. What was it, 16 total for the season? And we're at yes. five? Yep. We're not yeah, even a third away? It, yeah, it's supposed to be 16 by the end. Um, one, one thing that they haven't spent a ton of screen time on it, but every couple episodes they do go back to the Kaminoans, mm-hmm. um, who the, uh, like, uh, Lama Sue and whoever the, the chief clone engineer is. Yep. Um, Lama Sue. Ah, yes. Yep. I'll say. And she is, and they're both like, they're clearly, they clearly let Omega go. Yep. Yeah. But they also want either Omega or the Bad Batch or both back. For some unknown reason. Yeah, which leads us really into episode four. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, which is quite quite an interesting one because it introduces another character that we've we've just come to know and love yep. yes yeah i like this one this was a good episode mm-hmm. so this is the episode where marketplace shenanigans happen yeah on ida floor uh it's oh, no, no, sorry they were they were wanting to go to ida floor and they had to stop at pentora yeah right oh that's right yeah they're on pentora yeah. um which I think this is the surprised. first time we I think this is the first time we've actually seen Pantora. We've met Pantorans before on other planets. Yes, because the last time that we were in the Pantoran system, um, we were on one of the ice planets outer line mm. rather than Pantora itself. Yeah. yeah. And this is mm. one of those planets where they show that the changeover from the Republic to the Empire is actually being very embraced. Yes. Like, yeah. Pantora is all about moving forward into this brave new era. Um, I was I was really hoping we get a cameo though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there weren't any real cameos. Where was Baron time. Papanoida? Yeah, right. <laughs> Give us some George. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get instead... even just in passing without like any dialogue. I think that would have been cool. It would have been. But instead, we get um, we get the clones selling off Echo as a droid. Yep. Which I, I mentioned before, forgetting what episode it's actually from. It was from this episode. Yeah. Yep. Um, which was great. That uh, which was hilarious. It was fantastic. Yeah, he did not say that well, did he? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I mean, thoroughly enjoyed I it. The shenanigans were fantastic. I wouldn't need it, but it was. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, leading a minor uh, droid revolt. Um, Yep. <laughs> and uh and yeah, like this episode I I honestly don't remember a, this episode I don't remember a ton of what happened to be very honest. Um I'm still like sort of Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was quite a quick we, episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it went very quickly because they mm. like after this happens and while they're fixing the ship and stuff like that. Um this is where we meet for chronologically the first time Fennec Shand. Yep. Yes. They they did bring back Ming Na Wen. Uh yes. for no one else could voice <laughs> could voice oh, uh, Fennec Shand. Um so that's so she gets to play a young still badass um Fennec Shand. Mm-hmm. Um very much so. And she leads them she she's clearly after Omega. Um, she uh, tries to apprehend Omega several times and is chased off by Hunter and Wrecker and then Hunter again. Yeah, Wrecker didn't do a particularly good job on that one. 
no, 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 he didn't. He, he tried. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, there's a there's a bit of back and forth between you know trying to save Omega and getting the ship fixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's that's kind of the gist of the episode is they they ditch and and off they go in a way. But they, anyway. they make it they make it clear that it's not the last time we're gonna we're definitely gonna be seeing a lot more Shand. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. Get, we get a, a link to her um liaising, communicating with her employer. Yeah, and I think this is kind of establishing the first real uh antagonist beyond Crosshair. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's kinda neat. It's always good to see there's more than because with Crosshair, I mean you establish that he's not yeah, he's at odds with Bad Batch, um, but other than than Tarkin kind of having an oversight of things and Crosshair directly opposing them um, in that scenario, we don't really have like a an established ongoing issue that Bad Batch is going to have to deal with. And Fennec yeah. Shand, I think, is the first real hurdle now. Yeah, and they 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 obviously don't know who she is at this time. Um, it- but uh, but that's obviously where where we link through. Yep. Actually, yeah. this episode five had a had a few little tweaks or a few little tidbits that people might not necessarily realise. So when we get yeah. to those, I'll. I was, yeah, was going to say that kind of that kind of brings, brings us, us to it. To it. it. Yeah. Mm. Take it away. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I was thinking about something that's a lot deeper into the episode, but uh, oh, okay. yeah, we can work yeah. our way in. All right. Yeah. So yeah, they they go to Ord Mantell yes. um, to look for a an informant that used to work with the Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and I I'm tr- honestly I'm trying I don't know why um, at this point. Oh, well, they were trying to figure out who. Shand is and who yeah. sent Shand. That's right. They now have they now have a purpose for the first time since they left the Republic. Exactly. Yep. And Echo and believes he knows the best person to go to. Hence. Yep. yep. I mean, what do you do when you have limited contacts? You, you take that take that leap and hope it pans out. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they do. Yep. And so they get hooked up with this informant and they get uh, introduced to mercenary work mm-hmm. um, which is is weirdly a concept they are all completely unfamiliar with at first yeah and I think the this is where Nick was mentioning it before about it just being the Mandalorian again in the, yes. the babysitting the child but now it feels more like it's uh, hey we're picking up another of the tropes it's the fetch quest yep. situation mm-hmm. oh yeah I don't have any resources on... if you do this for me I'll get this done for you Oh, yeah, so I'm yeah, hoping they're... we don't end up doing a. I don't hope not too many of the episodes are rinse and repeat on. Well, we don't have any money, so we'll have to offer our services. Yeah, yeah. and then Omega has to come and save them as a yeah. child. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> then, and that's, I think that's. We I think that's where the powers could be. Yeah, she is wonderfully insightful for what is her presumed age. Yes. True. Yeah, yeah. You right from the start. Yeah, yeah. There's and I think a that's that's also where we diverge from the Mandalorian, at least in some capacity, because Omega doesn't have any discernible skills, as we've said. Whereas Grogu mm-hmm. was totally helpless, but every now and then, magical force powers. Yep, magic. Whereas o- Omega's Omega's the complete opposite. It's not. It's not like uh, well, 
You might get magic ma- magic baby hand. You might not. Omega's mm-hmm. more got her own uh, strengths as well that we're starting yeah. to see. So, which, which must be desired if if she herself is a target. Yeah, mm-hmm. there got to be still something more to it though. Oh yeah, yeah. They're still they're still stringing us along with. Uh, what makes her special other than I, her her insight because it can't just be that no there's th- th- this this will be the majority of the series ringing it out i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely for season one yeah 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 so i do appreciate even though it is a fetch quest i do appreciate the fetch quest that they're sent on oh they're yeah That's they're they're I told like the to twist. go. Yeah, they're told to go after um, some Zygerian slavers, the cat people from mm-hmm. Clone Wars, um, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, there's just this this adolescent named Moochie. Go find him and bring yeah, him. Go back. rescue the child. Yeah, yeah go rescue go rescue this child. It'll it's fine. And they go and they see someone. They see a family. And they're like, "This is Moochie. Let's do it." They end up getting captured. Omega rescues them, but. Omega rescues them by releasing a baby Rancor. <laughs> Who, funnily enough, <laughs> is Mochi. Is Mochi. Um, and not only that, but we also find by the end of the episode that not only is Mochi um, a baby Rancor, but Mochi is the Rancor. Um, not exactly. No, no, exactly. No. Yeah, go on, I'll let you... So, yeah. Also, so, also, I mean, we meet like they hand her over to none other than Bib Fortuna. Yep. Yep. And Mochi is also great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And and also voiced voiced by uh, Matthew Wood. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. And yeah. So Bib gives it, this is Mochi is a is a gift from Bib Fortuna to Jabba. But Mochi and I had to go and look this up because it had me wondering. Mochi <laughs> is in fact not the same Rancor that we see in the the original trilogy. No, because Mochi is female yep. and the the rancor that we see in Jabba's palace is male. Yeah. Goes by the okay. name of Patissa. So apparently Jabba goes through a okay. few rancors. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, it, it had I, me, it I had me it thinking that same. too. It had I me thinking that same. at first. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, another, it's another tie in though, where it keeps making the galaxy seem very small, despite how big it is. Absolutely. And it's actually this, at this point where Bib and the Gamorreans are in Sid's office that you see another tie-in, and it's very faint. But if you look above Sid's head when she's sat at her desk, there are twin Westar 35s. Sorry, twin Westar 34s. 34s. Printed on the the wall. Yeah, it's very interesting, that one. Yeah. So there's a couple of links, and there's a couple of bits. Mm -hmm. So obviously we've seen another... um, episodes going through into rebels and everywhere and um resistance i think it was where you had the um, macquarie fet helmet this is another link with jabba's uh, with um jango's pistols yep crossed in a very similar fashion to the brigade symbol not i'm saying they've they've looked at us and 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 pulled that in but it's a very similar design (laughs) to be fair crossed guns is a yeah it's a pretty common common imagery but still it's cool it's cool to see yeah still though yeah yeah i thought this this episode 
it was it was enjoyable. Uh, the, I think the biggest thing for me was was it starts to reinforce, and I'm hoping it's just a two off, not a one off. Mm-hmm. But it starts to kind of reinforce, like with replacements in episode three, Omega to save the day. Yeah, that that could get a bit um, tiresome. Yeah, At, I don't even find it that tiresome. I just find it less plausible. Mm. You know, well, we've got this, we've got the, this the huge galaxy, of... and we got all these, you know, yeah. tough and and difficult, you know, killers and slavers and bounty hunters and and whatnot. And we've got you know the bad batch, the the clones that always get it done, right? all the battle droids and the tanks and everything that we see. And then now we start to see the Bad Batch stumble and falter at... But the Bad Batch got everything done as a group, and that group is missing missing one. one. Yeah. So it's starting to... to, to, Not to crumble, but it's certainly starting to have its layers peeled away. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't doesn't totally... It doesn't totally take away it from the episode for me, but I do find it kind of nagging at the back of my mind of just, like, it seems a little heavy on their inability to to, uh, to still function. I did enjoy Wrecker in this episode, though. Yes. yes. Yeah, he was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's confirming the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah he... and, and Wrecker and Moochie going at it. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and eventually they're just so tired. <laughs> yeah. He's going to give up first. Yeah, they just end up just doing that real slow one punch to one punch slugging match. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to where they go with the show. I like that they they are they're able to spend the time that they do mm-hmm. have differentiating the characters. Like, like we talked about with Tech. Tech has a sense of humor. He doesn't yes. know it, but he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like Wrecker, Wrecker's still pretty one-dimensional. Um, he is something of a simpleton. Um, he's he's a simpleton, but he has but, developed in recognizing Omega and her needs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm. in a way that some of the others haven't. Because mm. it was uh, Wrecker that built the um, the bedroom, if you like. Yeah, yeah, gave her gave her a room in the tail turret they haven't used once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because it's her room. <laughs> and they have used it once. She used it to escape. Oh, yes. But, I mean, like, they haven't shot anything out of it yet. They're right. just like, oh, no, how are we going to chase uh, defend, our, defend ourselves when these people are chasing us? Like, with, with the guns on the back. <laughs> but... That's okay. I do also appreciate that they, um, there are, they're spending a lot of time with the gonk droid. Like the gonk droid that's on their ship, um, has had a significant amount of screen time and is actually sort of developing a little bit of a personality for a walking generator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we don't yet have our, our plucky fun droid character just yet, but I suspect that'll happen soon. That's true. Yeah, this is one of the so far. I mean, we, this I, is, I'm not going to count Echo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, because he's not. He's not a droid. Give that. Give that guy a hand, though. Like literally. Like yeah. some somebody. Well, they, he's only got one. Yeah. Only, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm glad they keep making use of his his scomplink arm, but still, like, what if he's got to pick something up with two hands? Like, he's got a record for. 
It's it's true. It's true. And I mean, obviously, like as a as a partial amputee, he's getting along just fine. You know. Yeah. Obviously, like mm-hmm. just because you have a a disability does not mean that you need a cybernetic hand or anything like that. But yeah. in a universe where such a thing looking at exists, you, Skywalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Look at what you guys could have done if you just tried a little harder to adapt. Um, yeah. but that's, that's my thing. It's just like in a world where cybernetic limbs exist and are apparently readily available. Um, yeah. even for like the rebellion, when Luke got his hand, the like he, I don't know what, where they scraped up a robot hand, but this was not a time when the rebellion had a lot of money yeah, or resources. They just lost uh, Echo Base and all that sort of stuff. They were kind of at a low point, but they still managed to scrape together a cybernetic they, hand they, for Luke. They had a fully fitted medical frigate. What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the Star Wars equivalent of Kickstarter? <laughs> or not, not Kickstarter, GoFundMe. <laughs> I just set up a galactic GoFundMe account. Got Luke a new hand, easy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting to see where they where they take the next couple of episodes. That's for certain. Yeah. Well, and Omega gets the little bow thing right at the end too. Oh, that's that's yeah, true. She does, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. I'm glad so, it's not Night Sister Bow. Yeah, I so am that, pleased it's not Night Sister Bow. That is a prediction we did get right. Yes. <laughs> like we, I, I forget, I forget if it was, I forget who said it, but it wasn't me. But yeah, <laughs> it was either Simon or Lee. I can't remember. Because those were the only other two people on last episode. To be honest, it was yeah. probably me. <laughs> I, I, I'm an archer, so it was probably me. Yeah. yeah. And the bows are neat. I do like the way that they're sort of like wrist mounted and collapsible. Yeah. Um, it's just a neat thing. Yeah. Um, I just want to scale it back and fit it onto a gauntlet. Yeah, right? Yeah. Little wrist crossbow. <laughs> Why situation. scale it back? Why scale it back? <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, just you know, just make it a long a long bow wrist crossbow. Let's yeah. just scale it scale it up, not down. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd prefer something like that to um, Ezra's catapult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Surely she's yeah. got something proper on her wrist. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, given, so, given I, where the CRLs work, if you could make it look right, post Imperial only requires one gauntlet. <laughs> oh, does it? I'd forgotten that. Two to clear, one to wear. Yeah, you you once once you've cleared, you have the option of reducing to one, which oh, would leave okay. an entire arm free for a mounting system for that weapon. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the practicalities of mounting it to a gauntlet. Yeah. Um, but looking at the shape and design of it, I think it would lend itself to a, a dedicated platform. Yes. That's a good idea. Hmm. Might have to have a chat with a designer. Yeah. <laughs> One thing it it does kind of confuse me, like in this in this futuristic world we have in Star Wars, where there are guns everywhere, we are suddenly within the last decade getting a proliferation of bow based laser weapons and non laser and non laser weapons. But yeah, like we got um, before this, the only bows in Star Wars were Ewoks, Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Chewbacca's bowcaster to an extent. Yeah, Chew- Chewie's bowcaster, which even when you when you look at it, it's still a gun. It just has two yep. 
units yeah. mounted on the bow. It's got a cross. It's got crossbow elements, but it's not quite. Yeah. 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 But then the. Um, and I think there might be, yeah, I remember one of the old short stories, Boba ended up using a bow for because so, he had to, like, sneak through some defenses or something, and it would have detected a blaster somehow. Oh, but okay. still, like... But we've, we've got that's to presume it. Star Wars must have had a time with previous tech. There must have been a time before magic lasers. <laughs> there really were bow and arrows <laughs> of some description. Oh sure, well, it's, certainly. It's, um, certainly. Like it's you, just you like you see it a lot given... with the, with the outer rim where they've got slug throwers, as they yeah. call them. Where you've just got like non-energy weapons. They've just got you know your standard gun. Yeah, yeah. You take <laughs> oh, yeah. anti Jedi look weapons. Look at the um, uh, Trandoshans with their scatter guns. You look at the, uh, the Sam people with their slug throwers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, and it and it it only makes sense. Like you look at the proliferation of the bow and arrow technology, even across mm. Earth, independently, all over the world, people figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it only it only stands to reason that that would happen on a galactic scale, too. Mm-hmm. But my thing is then, after you've advanced past that point, when you could just have a laser gun, it seems like it would be so much more effort <laughs> to make <laughs> a laser bow like the three that we've seen so far. Because we've had the Night Sister bow from yep. Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. We've had Chirrut's light bow from Rogue One, which yep. is still the best of the batch so far. The thing takes out a TIE fighter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and now we have the, the Zygarian bow as well. Like it just seems like that's so much extra work. <laughs> so I I agree to a point there, but then with with the mention of say real real world again, if you look at real world re- weaponry, there are definite design cues based on where in the world you are. Sure. So I I could definitely see how that would track into an in universe example, and pull from from your heritage, from your history, and even just the. It's what we've always done. Yep. So they've just yeah, en- when, energized the weapon they had. And when you look at someone like the Night Sisters, mm-hmm. the Night Sisters were very steeped in tradition. Mm-hmm. So they weren't going to push on their technology. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, maybe they just feel that blasters are so uncivilized. Well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the Zygarians, it's it was it was interesting to see them back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool to see them back in. I mean we get another light whip as well mm-hmm. being shown off, which is yep. always neat. Visually very cool. Visually yeah. very cool. Uh, and the nets too, right? Yeah, they, they had, had the like energy nets. Net. Yeah, they had like net rifles. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely goes towards what, what Nick you were saying about uh just different different planets, different species, different cultures are gonna have different uh forms of the Advanced versions of more basic technologies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what Star Wars was founded on. 70s tech expanded out into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if if I may push us in a direction now. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think we've, we've pretty well covered the five episodes we've had. Yep. Possibly in a speculating, now that we've seen a basis, where do you think it would go? I've got the more interesting, if you had what could potentially be an outlandish wish of what you'd like to see across the next 10 episodes, 11 episodes. Is there anything on your hit list? 
because I know that I've got at least one. Mm. I, I still want to see the changeover from the clone armor to the stormtroopers. I want to see when that occurs, and if that occurs during this timeline, how quickly it occurs. That's still something I want to see. But I would also, and it's probably pushing it too far knowing how things went, but it would be nice to see some transition back into um, Mandalore and the tie-in with the Travis novels, although that is highly unlikely to happen. But that, that was something I would like to see. Okay. Just picking back off the, off the back of something you said there, I, f- I forgot to mention when we were discussing the episodes, I, I loved the little, the, the, the Stormtrooper, sorry, not Stormtrooper, the, the clone toy that Omega picked up and then customised. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, throwback to Rogue One there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. I, I, I did like that, but... Yes. So anyway, anyway, um, Crow, Thaxos, any, anything on your hit list that you would love to see? Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I too would like to see like more of these galactic changes that are just happening around the clones. I would like to see more of that. Yeah, the consolidation of the Empire and the the transition from clone troopers to stormtroopers. Which I know, I I have a really strong feeling that we're gonna get that. Um, at least by the end of the of the series, mm. um, and I know we're gonna find out. I think what I would really like to see is I would really like to see what happens to Camino. Um, yeah, because it's very obvious that the Kaminoans are very concerned about their future within this new empire, um, and I want to see how that plays out. And I'm sure we're going to get it by the end, but that's the big thing that I want to see that I think we'll see. Outlandish? I wouldn't be mad if they crossed paths with Boba. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be mad. See, I was going to go in a different direction. Um, I don't know what that would be, and I don't think it would actually be in a... Um, Whether it's a Fennec tie-in. I was going to say, Fennec yeah. and Boba know each other, so perhaps yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's sort of... And I, don't, I honestly don't know how that would work. I don't have any like head cannon <laughs> developed w- around that yet. I would say... I would like um, to see that. Fennec fails to capture Omega a few times. The bounty gets upped. It catches the attention of Boba Fett, and then Fennec and Boba meet because of Omega. Mm-hmm. That, that could tie in. That's, that, could, that could tie in. Yeah, definitely. I, still needs, we still need to find out who's contracting Fennec. Okay, so here's my two. <laughs> That's a little... I forgot about it. I was going to mention it earlier. Uh, we see Ord Mantell. Yes. Crimson Dawn. I want to see Maul. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I know we see a lot of Maul, but like I don't want to see Maul all the time. I want to see Maul as a puppet master behind Crimson Dawn, right? Because they're supposed to all go into hiding after Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, not Solo, sorry. Uh, they're all supposed to go into hiding after the end of the Clone Wars, right? Yep. All the Crimson yep. Dawn uh, head honchos. I'd like to see some subtle nods to Maul, maybe like one one hollow calm call where you just see you know the lower half of his face and it all gets all spooky eerie and stuff you know as, very... as, as we saw he first appeared on solo 
Exactly. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to see more of, of Black, uh, Black Sun, Black Dawn, whatever it's called again. Black Sun, Crimson Dawn. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, I'm mixing up my syndicates there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's because Black Sun sort of doesn't exist. No, yeah, Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn is yeah. the new Black Sun. Yeah. 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 Which I think they that I'm still a little it. mad. Ab- I'm I'm still a little mad about it. Like, yeah. why you didn't have to change it? You already owned Black Sun. I mean, I yeah. I I mean, with with Black Sun and Prince uh, Shizor the uh, Feline. I mean, it was cool that we well, saw some. Well, shit. I mean. I mean, they didn't have to do it exactly. Like, I'm fine with like um, with them not doing the Feline and not specifically mm-hmm. doing the Shizor story, even though it mm-hmm. is very it was pretty good. cool. Yeah, um, trying what, new what things. What about Tyrazan? That I was never. That's a actually, whole other. I was never actually happy with 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 that. That wasn't like one. I mean, I I've I thoroughly enjoyed the Forces of Corruption video game. Played the mm-hmm. crap out of that. But I Still never did. liked. I never liked his story because he was just a replacement for Black Sun and um, Talon Card and such. Like he was just mm-hmm. another analog for for those sorts of characters. Yeah, um, I think it'd be. I think he'd fit in well if Maul and Crimson Dawn weren't happening. But otherwise, yeah. the galaxy just feels a little too crowded. <laughs> yeah, how many crime lords we got? Especially because at that time Jabba was still alive. I was gonna say we just got a reference to Jabba in the last episode too. So yeah. like like Jabba's Jabba's big news. Like that's always yeah. been the case. Mm-hmm. I mean um, yeah, I mean that could also help with the tie in between Boba and Fennec in some capacity well, with Jabba, right? Because Boba dep- de- depending on who Fennec is contracted to. Exactly. Yeah. Because it was I it, think... it was mentioned by Sid in, in the episode five that she's new on the scene and trying to get into the guild. So yep. I I bet that she's she's hired by the Kaminoans. Oh yeah, that's my Yeah. Um, I don't know if I agree with that because the Kaminoans. I think I agree with it either. The the one Kaminoan almost seemed like they wanted Omega to go with the Bad Batch and to be far from Kamino. Mm. So it could be that the um, uh, what's what's the one that's in charge of everything that's more dealing with the Empire? Maybe they put it out, but then. Oh, um, the yeah. new guy, Admiral Rampart, or Tarkin. Uh, no, the Kaminoan that deals with with oh, those two. Lama oh, Lama Su. Su. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 politician Kaminoan. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. yeah, they may have might have put out the bounty, whereas the 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 the, the Kaminoan that uh, Omega was shadowing in the first episode. Nala say. Yeah, definitely doesn't want Omega back mm-hmm. at Camino. Not while, not now, not while it's not safe. But I'd be surprised because obviously they're going for Omega rather mm-hmm. than the whole of the batch. So yeah, it's. Mm. I mean, yeah, that, I mean that that's the crux of like why is it that Omega is so important? But mm. I feel it's like there's definitely some division between the two Kaminoans, the politician and the and the scientist, as to where uh, Omega is. We'll s- I will say what's there's one thing, and we can all do this as well. The one thing that I don't want to see in this show. Well, I've still got my second thing I do want to see. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. do that, so just and then I'll quick. and then I'll and then I'll say what I don't. I, want. I still have yeah. mine too. Oh well, fine. <laughs> you, should have, you should also have. You should also have a turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mine's mine's super quick. So I would love to see, just real brief. A low-ranking Gideon somewhere in here before he's moth, before he's got all his power, 
seeing oh, okay. in, in here in in the earlier years. As, as I think that officer somewhere. Yeah, as some lower uh, level officer and, and not yet, you know, with all the connections and stuff. I, I'm blanking on exactly how the timing would work as to exactly what age, but I think it'd be kind of neat to see him as like either like a fresh recruit or you know, I think like that checks out as starting, you know, starting up yeah. as early on in his officer career, mm. trying to make a name for himself, maybe having some blunders, I you know, seeing a different about, side of him. It's about 30 years before the Mandalorian, isn't it? So it's, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I think, I think it would fit well and it, do, it doesn't have to be much. It just has to be like one little, it can just mm. be, he could be, he could be, he could be an officer. That's a gopher for Tarkin. It's like, where's my coffee? Where's yeah, my some, stim some, some Hurry up, Gideon. <laughs> and that's all you get. You just get a brief little name drop of like, him being told hurry up and get my stuff <laughs> i think that'd be kind of cool that's mine that does sound pretty cool mm. for me it's it's similar it's similar to your second one there thaxos it's mm. a cameo rather than say a feature episode i'd be perfectly fine with i'd be perfectly fine even with a passing shot but i would just love to see hondo make an appearance Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be mad about that. Always a yeah. personal gem in Clone Wars. Yeah. And then in Rebels. Because you, you knew no matter whatever happened, it was going to be fun for the viewers. Yep. Yes. yes. I, I can't see how they won't bring him back now that you mentioned yeah. I would I would love to see more Hondo. Yeah. It's like yeah. I I genuinely deeply think about that scene in the in the cantina looking for passage if kenobi had have been introduced to a oh you're talking star wars yes yeah mm -hmm. can can you imagine the ruckus if star wars was made now with all the characters we know with the we're looking for passage no i can't but i do know someone to <laughs> just hear kenobi screamed across the bar yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Hello, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see Alec Guinness's hand go into his head. His head yeah, into his hand, rather. Yeah. Just, oh, no. Oh, no. 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 Any, <laughs> anyone else. Anyone else. Actually, that'd be quite a good tie-in for Kenobi, the series. Yeah. It would. I wouldn't mind seeing Hondo on... On the Kenobi series, on, on the Kenobi series, either I, I wouldn't mind I, that. I almost think I would because it, we, there wouldn't be enough time in this small series to get enough Honda. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves his own. Yeah, he does. He does. Maybe that's uh, two or well, three we years from now. We'll a Hondo show. With Rebels, we know there's a tie-in with Lando. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so many options. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Nick. So, that was your no, first that's a good one. one. No, no, no. That's that's all I hope for. That's it. Okay. Yeah, because okay. for for me, I I think you've all raised some some very good points there. With it is seeing some of these transitions, some of these things that are jumped over, and I honestly I forget about it until you point them out. Like, how did they transition from clones to troopers? When when did that transition of style come in? And we we've mm. started to see that with the conscripting. So if I can see more things like this and learn more. I'm always going to be happy. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 the to kind of segue us into the, the what we don't want to see is what I don't want to see is each cameo has its own full episode where that character kind of takes the spotlight. Yeah, like we had in the Mando okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little too heavy on like, hey, it's a cameo, but it's going to be the whole episode for this cameo. See, I think I'm going to take that one step further with mine. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to see the cameos, which I know is ironic given I've just said I want to see Hondo. <laughs> but I don't want to see Hondo in a way that he's key to the episode. Oh, okay. It's, you just want him to be in a cantina somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's where we've talked about, oh, Boba could be here. He, This is how he could be launching into meeting Fennec. And there's part of me that goes, we've seen those characters. We know those characters. They're going to have their own show characters. Mm-hmm. Give, give me new. Give me different. Give me, like you said, a young Gideon. Yeah. Mm. That to yeah, me is that, but that to me is a completely different type of cameo because that's not. I think yeah. it, if, we, if we if we take um, I don't want to see if we take Rogue One as an example where we see mm. uh, Doctor Evazen and uh, Ponda Baba bump into yeah. Jyn Erso and Cassian. Mm. There's no tie-in. They're not pivotal, but they just happen to cross paths, right? Because yeah. as big of Galaxy Star Wars is, it's still a small town somehow. <laughs> yeah, everybody's bumping into everybody else somehow. No, absolutely. I mean, for me, I don't want to see too much Jedi action. In fact, I don't really want to see any Jedi action other than what we've already seen. Yep. With mm-hmm. Order 66. And if I'm honest, I don't want to see Vader. <laughs> <laughs> now Vader's got other things to deal with. He shouldn't exactly. have anything to do with these guys. Yeah. Vader, yeah. And, and actually, so mine piggybacks right on with this. I was going to say, I don't want Omega to be a Force-sensitive clone. Yep. Very, that's very specifically what I don't want her to be. Mm-hmm. And un, and right now, with her amazing insight, she kind of feeling be. a little yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, she may just she may just be insightful, and that's it, and that's great. There are a couple of theories out there about how, if she was, it could uh, tie in and, and link up some of the Snoke arcs as to how yeah. you clone a force sensitive person. But right. I think you're right. Because Keep they clearly force out of this one. Yeah. I'm kinda hoping they, the whole Snoke they... thing is if you're trying to make someone force sensitive, ooh, it doesn't end up great. There's some mm-hmm. real weird funkiness going on. Whereas Omega's like looking pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. For the like, cause, and that's the thing. That would just fully make it the Mandalorian. When yes. we know yep. that Grogu is more or less a Yoda clone, we're all pretty sure. Like, eh. well, see, I, I didn't really actually get that. I just figured it was like, hey, there's finally another one of these things. It's Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah, yeah you think, got Yoda, I you got Yaddle, and then you got Yaddle. Kids. Sorry, this is something one of my cousins pointed out to me. the uh, The little sciencey dude um, mm-hmm. that we see in the first couple the episodes. Yeah, yeah, like he's wearing like basically a Kamino in uniform. Yeah, like I think Grogu is more the tie-in to Sheev doing the whole cloning thing, getting Snoke happening and whatnot. Yeah. I'm no, hoping Omega has nothing fine. to do with it instead because Grogu yeah, already is enough yeah. for that whole tie-in. I can't, yeah. I, otherwise, now we're going backwards in time and we now we've got like what, an earlier start of things. It, yeah. To me, it doesn't like, make sense. Like I, the, uni- the Star Wars universe does not revolve around the Skywalker family and Yoda. Yeah. There's a Not lot anymore. of universe. There's a there lot are of nine films that would disagree with you about that. <laughs> no, I, I understand, but that's but that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like the one of the reasons why we love Rogue One so much. Mm-hmm. No mm. Jedi. No Skywalkers. Brief cameo. No. Well, there's a brief cameo by Vader at the very end. Yeah, but yeah. that's it. But that's it, and that's only because we knew he was there already, and because yeah. they needed to link from there to. Oh, and it's a beautiful link. Right. Oh, it's oh yeah, and it's, and it's fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. the closest we get to a Jedi is Chirrut. 
And he yeah. says right when we meet him, no, I'm not a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Like, just straight up, not a Jedi in hiding, never was a Jedi. Yep. I know, some. not everyone likes Solo, but I think between Rogue One and Solo, it shows that you can have really good Star Wars films that don't need Jedi. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Like, I love, I mean... I love me some like lightsaber wielding space wizards. I really do. Mm-hmm. It is one of the things that separated Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things that separated Star Wars from a lot of sci-fi at the time. Mm-hmm. But we we can move past it now. Yeah. yeah. And as I said, I think this this rounds out possibly what is all all of our concerns of we want to see new. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like I want to see new and I like the nods to the old. But yeah, like the only problem that I've had with Solo is that it is stuff that I knew already happened. Reimagined. Exactly. Yeah, reimagined. And I mean, I still enjoyed it. It was still a really fun ride, but like I kind of I want new. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the parts of Solo that I really enjoyed was the stuff that I didn't see coming. L3. L3's mm-hmm. new. It's yep. one of the reasons I love L3. <laughs> well, and that weird, that weird sunlight-phobic uh, creature, the little crime syndicate mini-thing going on there, that was kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. New, new monsters, or not monsters, new oh, aliens, the, um, new characters. The white, yeah. uh, the white worms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, I think it's one of the things that I'm looking forward to with regards to Andor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we away might from get Bad a lot of, yeah. We might get a lot of new with that. Exactly. It, it's going to be a universe that we know and we love, mm-hmm. but it's going to show it show us it from a completely new viewpoint. Yeah, and it's it's got to go that way because you know the Jedi are gone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. and it's like we were saying earlier that they've always been to an extent limited in their in their scope of the of the galaxy. You know, they can't mm-hmm. be everywhere at all times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not... I'm trying to think of what I might expect for episode six to be, since we're up to five right now, right? To we be fair, that given, how, given how bad our predictions were the first time, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking forward to watching it. <laughs> yeah. 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 My concern on the fetch quest part, though, is just that... Like, right at the end, Sid does say, well, I'll get you more mercenary work in the future. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, really? Again? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be something a little more exciting. Not that this was all that bad, but um, I just hope it's a, it's a different sort of mercenary work, and it's not just go rescue, you know, go shoot up a place and rescue uh, something. Mm. Let's hope the next mercenary work actually leads into meeting of characters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if they'll get um it's just off that Gideon thing. I wonder if um No, I think it's too far back. I think we're too early still. I was gonna say Bill Burr's character in the Mando. <laughs> no, I think I think we are a little bit too early. Yeah, we're too early yeah. on that still, yeah. Yeah, I think the Empire needs to develop a lot more before you mm-hmm. start looking at, at those those expanded characters. Yeah. I I would like to see more of that character though. I thought that was a really good character. No, but I'm totally off to, off on a tangent mm-hmm. now. <laughs> let's see now. See now you got me thinking here. Let's see. Well, actually, I'm looking at this now, and currently, uh, age wise, 
it would make sense because Giancarlo Esposito, the actor who plays Moff Gideon, is about 20 years older-ish, like 15, 20 years older than Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. Yep. So that actually lines up quite well with a young officer Gideon, like an ensign Gideon. <laughs> you heard oh, it here, but, oh, first folks. It's we're, talk, <laughs> we're, we're talking about an era where potentially the Purge of Mandalore is occurring at the moment. Yep. And Gideon was an ISB officer during mm-hmm. the Purge of Mandalore. Yep. Yeah. So actually, Gideon's ISB. So he, we may not see him with links to um, Tarkin, mm-hmm. but if they were to go down that route, that would be slightly different. Yeah, I was almost thinking maybe we'd see Gideon here, like, just mm. kind of getting his bearings and, you know, somehow having an involvement, not necessarily with Tarkin, yeah. but in some capacity there. And then maybe, like, season three or so, we end up with the Siege of Mandalore. I just, I don't know if, I, I just can't see the Empire going, like, straight into attacking Mandalore as soon as it's set itself up, right? Because the Mandos are still a bit of a formidable force. Just a bit. Right? A little bit. But, like, we haven't established Stormtrooper armor yet. We haven't established... Mm-hmm. You know, phasing out the clones and putting in the recruits in general. I can't see them going after Mandalore and stripping it of, of its uh, of its resources just no, quite yet. No, I mean, there's obviously a clone detachment there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Whether yeah. we'll see that in Bad Batch or not, I don't know. But they yeah. might. I'm thinking they might hint at like the em- the Empire's occupation since the clones don't just leave. Yeah. Um, and then maybe season two, they kind of hinted that a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe some of the Mandos aren't liking it so much. Season three. I, I like that thinking. <laughs> I, I can't possibly imagine that this uh, that this series is only going to be like one or two seasons. I expect it to be more like the Clone Wars where we're going to get a good number of seasons out of this. It would be nice. Uh, wait, 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 for, wait for the awards and see what yeah. categories it gets put into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because stepping away stepping away from Star Wars but keeping to Disney, mm-hmm. that that for me was the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Will 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 they won't they carry on with further seasons? Mm-hmm. And I think the giveaway for me was seeing that one division was put into the category that is basically one and done limited seasons. Yep. Mm. But Falcon was put into a category of drama. Mm-hmm. Which opens the possibilities of return. So yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm I, I guess I'm looking at it. It's the same or not? But that well, is if bad bat if bad batch is just thrown into uh, children's programming, uh, which some of the Star Wars cartoon shows have been before. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I mean, yeah. this is also one of the few like children's programmings where you see a clone shoot a man in the chest for disobeying. Yeah. The, uh, the regime yeah as, as so. much as I said, yeah, yeah true as much as earlier i said they tailored it back to a younger audience there's still uh you know there's still some some more intense scenes yep definitely <laughs> um yeah I, I think i was looking at it more from the perspective of how they did it with clone wars and how they did it with rebels um there i don't i just can't see them spending all this time and development on these characters and all the animation, like when you look at it, there's a lot of recurring characters, and the way mm-hmm. the production works for the animated <laughs> series is totally different than a TV show. I could see it, I could see it still staying as a as a model for them to have as a long-standing franchise where they can make new toys every year and new characters, but they have the same core group, and they can they can make a lot of it. So we haven't yeah. got a Lego set yet, so there's there's got to be something that comes. 
The only oh, yeah. thing that I yeah, the only thing that idiot. I can see in this is if it was unless if it's not going to be at least a couple of seasons, the only other thing I could see was that this is a vehicle for something else. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is that this is a crossover show to tie us into a th- yet a third show. Mm-hmm. Um but we haven't really seen any seeds of that yet, so yeah. I doubt it at this point. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I think there's I enough. Think it would I think it would be a multi-season show. There, there's enough. I think there's enough story and there's enough um, expansion that they can provide through this through this particular show. That I, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing at least four seasons, barring barring obviously the you know like real world financial things of where they're going. Oh, it's just not making enough money or whatnot. But I think given a lot of the other productions that they have, like the Kenobi thing being in a being a short series, Mandalorian only being eight episodes long. I think this is kind of—I hate using the word filler, but I think this is kind of like the the longer running uh, component of the Disney Plus uh, yeah. fabric that's going to kind of like keep people engaged and watching month after month after month and staying subscribed. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, they're they're kind of fle- you know they're flesh they're fleshing it out to be like oh Mando, Book of Boba, Andor, the Kenobi series, but you know and then they got like Wandavision and Loki and um, uh, we were just talking about it after Wandavision, uh, Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah. Mm. They're all like high intensity, high production value, high expense, short series that come out mm-hmm. periodically throughout the year. And I see Clone Wars being a much better uh, format in which they can produce a lot and keep people on all the time. Right? They're still staggering all the releases of all these different projects. Um, but I see Clone Wars as or Clone Wars, <laughs> just like Clone Wars. I see this sta- having more staying power and being long term uh, a staple of the uh, of the subscription service. I would. Uh, the only thing I would like to see out of the show as a franchise is I would like to see it return to a longer episode count. Like sixteen yeah, full move it to a full twenty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, like yeah. Yeah, because 16's not bad. Sixteen is more than we've gotten out of the Marvel projects so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more than we've gotten out of the Mandalorian. But like mm-hmm. yeah, the first four seasons of the Clone Wars were twenty two episodes apiece. And yep. then season five was twenty but that was around when the the Disney sale was going on, so that yep. one that's why that one got cut cut short. Season six was only thirteen for the same reason. Yep, I'm um, gonna hazard a guess so. that current COVID situation is probably cutting our uh, our episode lengths a little shorter, right? Well, Just like the Mando delays yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's it's fully possible, but yeah. that's why I I would like to see it expand back to a full season's worth i think we'll i think we'll see it expand uh next year if not the year after provided of course these are gonna last multiple years like we're hoping well i think that about covers it then if we're all pausing for a moment to think now (laughs) anybody else have uh further thoughts on this or other things no, no, I think, I think my, for me, I'm I'm ready to see what they release next and just yeah. enjoy the content. Definitely. Yeah, roll roll on Friday for episode six. Yep. yep. Yeah, and I suspect at this rate, we'll uh, we'll cover cover about four episodes each uh, each podcast recording. So we'll have what four podcast episodes to cover nice. all sixteen. Yep. Take. 
That'll be fun. Awesome. Plen plenty to talk about when it comes through. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what else we got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, and it'll. I'm sure we'll have other be something. Wrong. Oh yeah. Yep. Guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. I'm hoping we're right on some of those uh, micro cameos. Oh yeah. No, that's. Yeah. I want. I want some of those to happen. Like even if yeah. like same sort of thing. Like if them crossing paths with Boba is literally just that they walk one side of the street <laughs> and Boba walks up the other. Fine. Yep. Please, <laughs> slave, slave one fly past in the background as as they're yep. leaving a planet. Yeah. Exactly. Fine. Absolutely fine. Yep. yep. Like, uh, what was it, episode three at the Senate with the Millennium Falcon docking in? People just catch it for a brief glimpse? Yes. Little yeah, little all. small things like that. Mm. That's all. Yep. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, yeah, with that, I think that is all we've got. Here's hoping. <laughs> Here's hoping we'll have more. Um, head empty. No thoughts. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let me let me try that again. Edit. <laughs> all right. Yeah. With that, I believe that is all that we have. So, um, yeah. Next time we'll talk more Bad Batch. Uh, we'll talk more Star Wars news as that comes up. Um, if we got Merck's news, which we probably will, I'm sure something will have happened between now and the next time we record this that we'll talk about. Um, congratulations again to the May the 4th Award recipients and winners. And uh, congratulations to Dave Filoni for being named Executive Creative Director for Lucasfilm. Uh, you earned it, buddy. In Dave we trust. And You're here. On, on, on behalf of myself, Thaxos, Hikari, Takur, and our editor, Especial Pep, for whom there is so much work this episode. Yep. I do hope that you enjoyed, and I hope that you'll listen to us next time. Bye. 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 This has been a production of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club. If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed on today's show, please visit www.mandalorianmercs.com. The Mandalorian Mercs is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2009 Lucasfilm Limited. We hope you enjoyed our show, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Please email podcast at mercs.firespray.net. Until next time, happy hunting.